Hello there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Daughters of Darkness by L.J. Smith. This book, <coughs> sorry, this book was originally written in 1996 and it's gone through two rounds of edits. First round of edit was in 2008 with the publication of the omnibuses that can that um, put three books together. However, um, upon some of my research, because I wanted to get my dates right and my information correct for these reviews, um, the edits were not done properly. They were rushed. They were incomplete. Um, so, of course, it's going to hurt your sales, right? Uh, the book was republished again. The books, the series, books one through nine, were republished again in 2016 as special editions. And I will say the editing is much better. It's much cleaner. It's more concise as far as the storytelling goes. Now, I will say, um, as much as I did enjoy this book, it really is a reflection of the 90s. Uh, I say that because nowadays when we look at literature, a lot of literature is highlighting, you know, a lot of important issues that are going on in society right now. Um, you know, books deal with, you know, bigotry, xenophobia, nothing all of them do. I'm just saying, it's more common nowadays. You, you, you really are more aware as a reader because young adults are becoming more active in society. You know, they are becoming more active when it comes to politics and social sciences, women's rights. Um, they are more aware than they were in the 90s. Um, nothing that's a bad thing. It just shows how we've grown as a society in small ways. Now, that being said, um, this book, like I said, is really much a reflection of its time in the 90s. It doesn't have a whole lot of depth to it. And the series as a whole does deal with this um, concept of the soulmate principle. <clears throat> so each book is dealing with a character from the night world finding their soulmate and trying to be with them against, you know, all odds, right? Well, uh, I've said this before, um, I'm okay with the whole insta-love trope. You know, if it's written well, I don't mind it. However, it's not my favorite thing and this book highlights why. It lacks depth. It shows a lack of depth for the romance. And again, I I get it. You know, I do. 
Um, not everything has to be super heavy and super deep. I'm not saying that this book is bad because of that. What I'm saying is that insta-love trope, it doesn't make the romance, in my opinion, believable. It actually kind of cheapens it because it's just so, sometimes they're kind of ridiculous, especially here. Because LJ Smith, she does it twice. She does this insta-love trope twice in this book. I get it. She's writing a story about this concept that she's brought up, you know, the soulmate principle. I understand that, you know, I'm not against it. I am not opposed to that. But the reason they don't work is because you have Mary Lynette and Ash. Their romance has more depth to it than the other romance between Mark and Jade. Because, and this is good. This is the part that's good. For Mary Lynette and Ash, their romance, yes, there's that instant spark between them, but they also have something in common. They both have this love of astronomy. So that's fascinating. You know, they have something in common that attracts them to one another. Their attitudes attract them to one another. How they're kind of antagonistic, but it's funny and it works, attracts them to one another. So their romance does have some depth. Then you have the romance between Jade and Mark. Now, for all the characters, Mary Lynette excluded, they are all very two-dimensional. So the romance between Mark and Jade, it seems very much like puppy dog love, like, oh, love at first sight, doesn't really have any depth to it. It really is kind of flighty. And I say that because Jade herself is kind of flighty. She sounds very young, um, younger than her, than the story leads you to begin, to begin with. She sounds almost like she's, half the time she sounds like she's five or six, but she's actually, you know, in her teens. She's either a sophomore or a junior um, in high school, I believe, one of those. I can't remember which. But, you know, she's 15, 16, or 17, depending on your state. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, in Oregon, you know? So, in Florida, if you're a sophomore, you're usually 16. Um, so, it's just kind of, she seems really juvenile, very young, and it just didn't make me believe the romance. In fact, it kind of made me a little uncomfortable because they both seem very juvenile, they both seem very young, they both lack, um, substance. They're very two-dimensional characters. <clears throat> so their romance doesn't work because of that, because there's nothing tying them together. In fact, she's like, hmm, I think he's my soulmate. And when you read it, she just sounds such, so much like a child that it's just like, uh, I'm not really feeling this, 
you know. And that was me when I was reading it. I wasn't really feeling the romance. It was, again, eh, a little uncomfortable to read because it seemed super juvenile. Now, that being said, I did enjoy the book. But I think it does reflect the book's age and my own age because it does lack maturity. It does lack um, compelling characters. It has an interesting story. It has an interesting plot. And that's mainly what you're reading it for. You really want to solve the mystery of who killed their aunt. Um, Mary Lynette is quite possibly the only good character in the book because she does have some measure of depth to her to her. She wants to be an astronomer. She wants to be a great scientist. That's what she wants. And so she's hesitant about being a vampire. Um, so she really is the only interesting character, unfortunately, for me, personally. But I do think this is a book written for teens and tweens. It does lack some depth to it. The characters are very two-dimensional. And honestly, I was a little disappointed. I mean, ultimately, I did like it and enjoyed it. It was a quick read for me. I breezed through it. But I wanted something more from it. You know, I want more depth when it comes to my characters. And I feel like if you're going to use this insta-love trope, you have to execute it in a way that makes it compelling, that makes it me want to read it. Because again, I liked Mary Lynette's romance with Ash because there was more depth to it. But that insta-love between Mark and Jade, it kind of overshadowed it. And I think one of the biggest problems as well with the book is that characterization. These characters do not read the way that they are described. You have Rowan, all her sisters call her the wise older sister, and yet she seems so absent-minded. Half the time she's like, hmm? Oh, yes, this is what's going on. This is what we're doing. And Jade is flighty. You have Kestrel. She's kind of the feisty one. She's the only one who really has any personality for the story. Um, she wants to kill everyone. She's like, great, now we gotta kill her. She knows our secret that we're vampires. We gotta kill her. Um, and Rowan's like, huh? Oh, um, no, I don't think we do. <laughs> and she just sounds really flighty. Like, everyone except Kestrel and Mary Lynette sounds very flighty. They sound very two-dimensional. They don't sound interesting at all. As a reader. So, you know, it was a little disappointing. I was ultimately disappointed in that. Um, and didn't find it to be compelling as much as I wanted it to be. So, you know, unfortunately, this is a book I think I would love if I were 14. Like I said, it definitely shows the age, you know? It definitely shows my age and the story's age. 
and that's okay, you know? That for me, it was okay. But yeah, I wish I had read this book when I was younger. I think I would have enjoyed it way more. I would have loved it if I were 14. So, but as it is, I'm not 14. I am 30. So it did fall short for me. So I have to give this book three out of five stars. Um, yeah, three out of five stars. If you want to go ahead and purchase the book, I do recommend purchasing it off of your local bookstore, from your local bookstore, from your preferred online book retailer. I just ask that you get the book off of other websites other than Amazon. I'm all for supporting your bookstores. You can stop small at your independently owned bookstores. I will include a link um, that'll show you what independently owned bookstores are nearest you. It's bookshop.org. And please support Barnes Noble or Books A Million. Um, they are great. As someone who works for Barnes Noble, I can honestly say um, probably the best job I've ever had love it. <laughs> uh, I have a great boss, you know, I have great benefits. Um, as a part-timer, I have great benefits. You know, I have an HR department that's willing to work with me when I gave birth to my daughter. I mean, it's, they are, in my opinion, they're a really good company to work for. And <laughs> I've worked for other companies that were crap. So, you know, just remember to support your bookstores, whether they are chain owned or your small independently owned bookstores. Um, if money's tight, remember, you always have your local library. And on that note, I hope you all continue to support me by liking this podcast, subscribing to it, and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading.